0: Listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network.
1: It's the podcast. In the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com.
2: This is where I screw everything up. What was that? This is usually where I screw everything up because, uh, let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: Welcome to episode 112 of Cinemental.
0: How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? I don't know. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. Then why don't you kiss me like everybody else does? How about new? The thing is, Bob, it's not that I'm lazy. It's that I just don't care. I came here like this so you'll know my word of death is true. And that my word of life is then true. <laughs>
1: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the movie podcast that we can only hope you enjoy listening to as much as we enjoy making. My name is Stephen Hovicki and as always I'm here with my co-host Hassan Godwin and Latham Conger III. Our guest tonight is a writer, director, composer who is mostly focused in the horror genre. He's written drama for the BBC and the sci-fi channel, scored over a dozen films, released a few novels, had some hit stage plays and lives in Hollywood. Rightly so. His latest works include a 24-volume box set of collected screenplays from Battery Film Text and his newest music release, an LP called When a Pill Becomes a Law. Drop his name into Google, Amazon, or any streaming service for a deeper look into his catalog. Darren Callahan, welcome back to Cinemental.
0: Thank you. It's always a pleasure. I really appreciate the invite back, and I enjoy talking with you guys, so this should be a fun night.
1: Yeah, every time I do the intro to the show, when I say my own name, I always think it sounds weird. Did you, get, did you guys ever like get that when you like when you say your own name, it sounds weird to you? Nope, just yours. All right.
0: I was actually I was actually in Colorado speaking at a writers conference. This was a long time ago, maybe the mid two thousands. And this guy said, "I didn't see you speak. I've never read your book, but I feel like your name. I should sign you for your name." And I was like, "Oh, really? What's about my name?" He's like, "I love Dirty Harry movies. I should totally sign you for this name." <laughs> <laughs> I I dared him to. He did not. (laughs) He
1: he, he did not. So, Eh, well, what are you going to do? I guess it only actually goes so far. I love when people, you know, and that's the thing too. It's like, it's, it's like when we come up ideas for book projects, you know, it's like when people come to us and be like, oh, you guys should do an art book on, you know, fill in any random low budget sci-fi horror film. Name and it's like you guys should do an art book on Ridley Scott's legend and I'm just like yeah I would love to do a book on Ridley Scott's legend. you know how many copies we'd sell? <laughs> Five. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, that doesn't fly too well. Tom so. Cruise
0: would be one of the producers. <laughs> so
1: I'm not even sure yeah. that would be would be the case. He would. I'm sure he would just expect to get one. All right.
0: <laughs> oh, <yeah.
1: laughs> uh, anyway, so let's uh, let's all suffer from consumption.
3: Lay. Well. Another disappointing week for Lay Consumption Department. Join the club. Uh, We started season five of ER. So we're moving through that sort of quickly, I guess, considering we started in what? Well, actually, it's not really that.
0: You know, I have to say, I I uh, like the fact that you, I've been on three times over the course of six, seven months, and I appreciate that. And every time you're still on ER, but you're on a different season. So you're making progress. Yeah, we we're so, making progress.
3: Thank you, yes. Darren. We're moving very slowly, apparently. <laughs> so um, <laughs> just started season five where they introduced Lucy Knight, played by Kelly Martin, which is. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the big season. I think it's the best episode of the series is when what happens to her happens. So um, that's exciting for me. Subsequently,
2: when I stopped watching the series, ironically. Really? Yeah,
3: uh, it definitely that might be its peak. It's it's a that that might be the best episode because it's it's rough and it's it's intense for about 48 minutes or 43 minutes, however long the show it. Um, we are just we're on the penultimate ultimate episode of The Expanse first season. Yeah. Uh, and she really she really likes it now. It took her a few episodes. My daughter, that is it took slow her a few burn. Episodes few episodes yeah the slow burn but now she's now she's getting it and i told her season two is a whole different animal and from what i've heard from you from Hassan and everyone else season three is masterful it's
2: a, it's a monster have
3: yeah, you seen
1: the it. first two seasons like
3: yeah i have but oh, i okay. fully remember them uh i remembered a lot of parts and a lot of things they had done but it's uh yeah it's it's holding up well on second viewing let's put it that way cool I look. i'm
1: looking forward to watching that
3: Yeah, I think you'll like it a lot. Um, And we started watching uh, these kids in the hall episodes, and she's just laughing like crazy. So as long as she continues to laugh, I'm going to keep showing them. And they they hold up pretty well. Um, Those guys are majorly talented. Um, I feel like I went and saw them live, but I can't remember when or Hmm. if I did. I think I did, but I'll, I'll know eventually when I find it in my journal, but yeah, um, I know they
1: toured. I mean, I know they've toured before, so
3: I feel like I saw them live. I just can't fully remember. I, I don't think it was as good as their show, but it was, I think I still went and saw them. So uh, interested to find out about that. Um, we, uh, we, what else do we start watching? Just uh, you're still watching forensic files, which uh, the best part about forensic files now is we have like a game at the beginning where we, just try and guess who did it <laughs> and, and how they're related to the person or if they're not. And, and we just give a look at each other. Once we, once the person who's right has figured it out. So uh, that's a lot of fun. Uh, I didn't watch any movies last week, except I showed her train to Busan and watched it a second time uh, on Thursday. Um, How'd you like she, it? Uh, she loved it. And, and I, 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 I raised it in my, my canon i i think it's a a really really good movie yeah, i now. think uh, so, that's
0: that even though it, there's nothing really different about it like last time we talked about pool train to Basan is one of the most suspenseful zombie movies ever there's a little little bit of death by ending there there's like eight endings at the end but uh but all the rest of it's fine real good
3: <laughs> yeah i i know what you mean by that i don't i don't mind that in a film i mean the the king of that is probably Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, but um, or Point Break. Yeah, I didn't like that movie. Um, <laughs> point Break.
0: Yeah, actually, my <laughs> wife and I have a phrase called uh, "they Bigelowed that" because Catherine Bigelow always has like eight <laughs> endings. <laughs> Hurt. Yeah,
3: yeah. Hurt that's Locker true. excluded. That's uh,
0: true. We were watching that. We're yes. like, "Where's the? Uh, oh my! It's really over! <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit!" <laughs> and,
3: and zero and zero dark thirty. That's, yeah, a, that's true. That's, that's a, a con, that's that's a tight F film by like,
2: ending. That's probably the greatest term I've heard. Well, if you... The greatest new term I've heard in a long if time. If you've seen In the
0: Heights, I feel that I recently talked uh, about In the Heights because I liked it. I liked it. I thought Jimmy Smith's was going to get nominated for an Oscar. I liked that part of it. But there are 28 endings in In the Heights and three oh, of my. them are great. And then there's 20 more. You know. <laughs> three of them are great. And will yeah. you know the three when you see yeah, them? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Real good. Solid.
1: <laughs>
3: Okay, I will not be watching that now. <laughs> um, and uh, that's pretty much it. That's what I watched. Uh, nothing really else.
2: All right. Uh, Hassan? Uh, let's see. Last Wednesday after we ended, I watched an episode of uh, The Good Fight. Uh, Friday, I watched an episode of The Bad Batch. Saturday, I don't know what I did.
0: How was that bad? Um,
2: batch? Good, bad, you know. How's the bad batch? I think it I think it's good. I think it's on par. If you like the other animated series, you'll like it. If if you didn't like them, then you won't like it because they're it's kind of more of the same. But I mean, it's it's a fresh more of the same. It's a good more of the same as opposed to this is the same formula over and over again.
3: Hassan, I actually meant you watched something with the title good, then you watch something with the title bad. <laughs> That's
1: right. Thanks for good, that.
2: Good, anyway. bad. I missed it. You know why? I'm the because guy with you're all- the gun. Because you're always throwing snark at me that yeah. I totally missed that brilliance, it, that piece of brilliance true. in there, man. It's just you, like background noise at this point, right? <laughs> you, you buried yourself. Yeah, yeah, you,
3: you, you,
1: boy, you, you boy who cried wolfed yourself.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I understand. I understand. Oh, boy, am I I am going to bigelow this podcast. I'll oh right boy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Death by ending podcast <laughs> by ending. Yeah. Then so, I don't know what happened Saturday, Sunday. I went to, uh, I actually left the the domicile and went to a friend's house, and uh, we watched... uh, You guys are not going to be surprised. You're going to roll your eyes. We watched News of the World again. I thought you were going to say Roadhouse. (laughs) Yeah. No, 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 no. It wasn't a religious holiday, Steve. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay? Come on now. Wow. You know better. I should have had that straightened (laughs) out. Yeah, that's your fault, my friend. Monday, because I knew we were I knew I was had to go to I had to go up to Rockland today. So Monday, I watched our two movies for this evening. Okay, and and that was basically all I was able to do because we had an interview on Monday uh, that we had to do for for Wednesday. So ah. was Kenny and, Baker in them? Kenny Baker in the interviews? No, in the movies you watched. You said you watched our two
3: movies. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> I
2: just
0: I don't, I don't. I don't. have a snare drum.
2: That one was actually pretty funny. Yeah, I just. <laughs> I just need to know if this is going to go on all night because um, I just. I knew how to prepare myself for it. That's all. Bet, that's on you, buddy. That's. Uh, it's my fault. If, You're not taking
3: you any responsibility for it. I'm
1: squeezing them. You know what I'm saying? You know what? You should prepare yourself with a little
2: butter and some sage. You'd be all good. <laughs> uh-huh. Wow. Oof. All Maybe right. I'll be quiet. Sorry. Uh, and then uh, Tuesday night. Was the movie night with my friends, and I showed them. Uh, I showed them Paper Tiger.
3: Oh, we, did you really? What they? Filmed? Yeah,
2: they liked it. They really liked it. Awesome. We've Never been seen that. We've been having a a, a spite of uh, of kind of, and I don't mean this in a negative way towards any of the films that we watch, including Paper Tigers. But we've been having like a, a spate of, uh, of kind of schlock kung fu movies. Okay. So this kind of fit right in the slot. <laughs> Uh, and they, they enjoyed it. And they're they're both Kung Fu experts. So I was able to get this movie in before they before it came up on their radar. So that was oh, uh, nice. that was, that was, that was nice. kind of a, a victory. Uh today I went up to Rockland. I haven't watched anything other than the news. So that's not worth the reporting. Nope. and now we're here. So that's my uh, consumption. Ten four. Uh Darren, have you
1: seen this movie called Paper Tigers or The Paper Tigers?
0: No, I haven't even heard of it.
1: It's on, uh, it's on iTunes. I believe Apple TV has it exclusively. But iTunes, I watched
3: it somewhere else. But did you
1: watch it somewhere else? Okay. I anyway, watched because I don't have Apple. It's an, we, our guest, was it last week or the week before? Last I week. think it was last week. Last yeah. week. Our, our friend Jerry is friends with the guys who made the film. And so he actually uh, brought the film to us as the, his main pick. And it's a film that these guys shot in Seattle for for like a hundred thousand dollars, and it's got all the production value of a of a full studio film. It's it's beautifully shot, but the the most the key part of this movie is the script is fantastic. It's a really it's it's essentially it's a kung fu movie where the kung fu is the least interesting part of it.
0: Well, it's weird to see and a kung, kung fu just, movie with a great script because normally kung fu is about the fighting.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And That, that was, was one of the that's one of the things that made this thing stand out to us. Um, but it's it's a great story about these three guys who as youths were like the child kung fu prodigies as teenagers. But the film takes place now when they're all like in their 50s. Old and busted and haven't done anything for like the last like 20 years or 30 years with it. So it's, it's got some really, really funny stuff and really, really smart stuff in it. Yeah. And like the, 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 the jokes that they drop in all work, they all land just the scenes that are like supposed to, they're supposed to work a certain way do just everything works in it. It was, it was a really great film. I, I highly, highly recommend uh, re- tracking it down.
0: Cool. I made a note of it. I'll check it out. Sounds wonderful.
2: Yeah, I only only my only one issue with the film, and it's so not it's so not an issue, is that uh, the the three actors that they got to play the younger versions of themselves look nothing like those guys. That's the (laughs) only thing, and I mean it's blatantly they look nothing like those guys. Yeah, that's one of the few times where it's like, wow, that's that's a little hard to forgive. And I don't mean it, you know, as in this is bad, but sometimes like you'll get an actor. Who does? Who looks nothing like uh, the lead actress or whatever? Sure. And, but you'll you'll let it go. But these are like, wow, these guys are like, oh wait, these are supposed to be those guys. Yeah. Okay. Is it like on it. the
0: level of signs where you're supposed to believe Joaquin Phoenix and Mel Gibson are brothers? Is it like on that level? <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. yeah I don't <laughs> think
3: it was that bad. Honestly, I didn't. I never noticed it until son said it right now. But.
2: I mean, <laughs> it's like I said, it's not a, it's, it's my issue. It's not an issue. It's it's my issue with the story. And it's yeah. not it's a it's a kind of a non-issue. OK, in fact, I shouldn't have mentioned it at all. <laughs> probably. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. Like gonna, it's going to be all night. Clearly. All right. Let's let's uh, who's next. Darren. Let's suffer Darren from Latham. D- <laughs> what if, what, what if... <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. we yeah. suffer from Latham. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we've suffered enough. Okay, so uh, I would like to uh, make a before we really jump into these two movies, I would I would just like to make a quick statement that um, at no point should Darren be held responsible for his movie picks today, because I would just like to say that Darren offered up many choices to us. And I, I, I I'm the one who said, no, 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 let's do these two because I thought that they would be a really interesting pairing of films. So I would like to say, so not all, I mean, Darren did choose the movies, you know, he, 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 Darren usually sends along multiple, uh, multiple pairings. It's like, a, it's like looking at a wine menu. It's like he pairs films together and you just kind of go through and say, Oh, that's a good pair. And uh, I had originally picked a different pair. Uh, but then when I came back down the list the second time, I saw this one and I said, ooh, let's do that. All right, guys, I got
2: to go. Good night. Um,
1: <laughs> so so uh, I don't want Darren necessarily held uh, his feet, held to the fire. That'll, that'll be enough on for this, this I am, um, also Have a good show,
2: late. guys. Uh, so
1: that being s- Well,
3: that, that, so- that sounded like a great
1: apology <laughs> for Darren. Uh, thanks. So, so, so that being said. <laughs> Darren Darren will have his own defenses of the film don't trust me dad but I'm just saying that you know uh, yeah
0: I, here's the thing is uh, i was I provided 10 couplings and many of them were modern films Many of them were popular films yeah. many of them were different <laughs> genres and entertaining I'd be happy with any of them I'm happy with this pick.
2: I could not agree yeah, more. I don't want to be
0: known as the guy who picks weird-ass shit all the time, which is what oh, these two are. That
3: ship sailed, man. But just <laughs> ship sailed and docked
1: and is being refurbished. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next time, Darren, you will you will look at your list of pairings, and it's I will let you just game. straight, clear pick the two I know that, that one. you want to do, and that's what we're going to go with. Well, that's I, w- I want to do
0: them all, but we can okay. do – I mean, no. we could do something lighthearted. Like I suggested Tag, for example. The, right. The, yeah. Well, that, that is the original Tag. But I was the, the new one with Jeremy Renner and John Hamm. And, uh, yeah, I that, feel like
1: we should also partner that up with
0: Gotcha. Yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> and and <laughs> yeah, I maybe Tag the Assassination Game was a good one, too. But <laughs> just, just so you know, I just don't want you to pigeonhole me. And I love these choices. We're going to have a great yes. dialogue about them. Pro or con, totally fine. I'm cool with it. I'm, I'm, I'm not part of the Mario Baba Fan Club Association, so I'm not going to be offended. <laughs> but, uh, just to warn you, uh, I just don't want to be that guy who only chooses very obscure horror movies. You're not. This is really, this is really not all I'm about. So
1: Exactly exactly okay. and, and i think i think we all know and understand that uh i just appreciate it because i'm a huge horror fan and i know hassan is not so and you,
0: you guys may never have seen these too because that's hard to do to stump the critics here so
1: correct and and i had not seen uh one of these so i was i'm 50 percent. i was good uh i'm gonna guess that hassan and latham had seen neither of them going in
3: correct uh are you referring to the movies we were supposed to watch this week yes Oh, no, I haven't seen them. I mean, I've seen them. Yes, I've you seen see, them. You've seen them now. I've never seen them before.
1: Thank you. Yes. So, uh, starting off, uh, Blood and Black Lace. A house of high fashion, a
3: dazzling whirl of elegance, of exotic, extravagant beauties,
0: an adventurous journey into the devastating allure of the most sophisticated women and their intimate secrets. Suddenly, these lace curtains ignite a drama that will lacerate your emotions. Blood and black lace. Who is this shrouded, sadistic,
1: sordid fiend who maims and murders?
0: Why this bloodthirsty orgy, this holocaust of lives? <gasps> Blood and black lace in bleeding color.
1: A shattering, shivering, shocking experience. 1964, directed by Mario Bava with a running time of 88 minutes. A faceless man is killing women associated with a local house of fashion, which also happens to be a hotbed of crazy in and of itself. Drugs, intrigue and blackmail seem to be common denominators, but what is he truly after? Darren blood and black lace. Why don't you go ahead and start us off?
0: Okay. So blood and black lace in the, in the world of horror is one of those titles you hear a lot. Um, It's a little confusing because there's another film called blood and lace and that hopefully none of you watched that because that one's terrible. But um, <laughs> Blood and Black Lace is one of those uh, films that, um, you know, it's kind of has a reputation. Even if you've never seen it, it's got a reputation. I was very late to the party, as I've discussed in previous podcasts or other podcasts. I was late entirely to the horror scene of the Italian community. And um, this is no exception. I didn't see Blood and Black Lace till I think I was in L.A. visiting from Chicago uh, for a meeting. 2010 maybe and I went to Amoeba Music and I was like you know what this Bava thing is getting to be weird that I don't know any Bava movies I had seen um, Black Sunday at a film fest in Chicago and I quite honestly I spent more time in the lobby than seeing the movie it seemed kind of boring Um, (laughs) so I didn't didn't see it very you know as it was yeah I, I blew it off and that was now a regret, but at the time was some seemed totally valid. Um, anyway, <laughs> I picked up a DVD. It wasn't even a Blu-ray of blood and black lace at Amoeba music, which is the big music store here in um, down t- downtown LA, uh, downtown Hollywood. Um, and I got it home and I watched it and the, uh, you know, the copy wasn't great, but I still saw something in it where I'm like, this is the work of a, a director who has something going here. Um, I was also stunned a little by the violence for being 1964. And I I mentioned this before. I don't really like watching cruelty. Uh, uh, I'm not a a big fan of of that. I don't mind violence or gore, but it has to be in the service of a story. But this was set piece murders, uh, sort of the way I'd seen it in Dario Argento movies, but a lot more primal. Um, Like it was like, You know, I don't know if you've seen Black Widow, but Black Widow's opening credits, which I'm glad there's opening credits sequence back in a Hollywood movie because I love opening credits. But they they play a version of um, Smells Like Team Spirit over the credits. It's a great version. No complaints, but it's not the raw original. I felt like I was watching the raw original When I watched this, I knew that these things played out in other Italian films and other American films in a way that was probably um, more my style and more what I had seen. But I had to acknowledge, man, this film is interesting. Um, I can't tell whether it's good. And just to carry this forward, I um, decided to sell that DVD just for a couple of bucks. And then I bought a Blu-ray of it. And mm. it was like my eyes popped out of my head when I saw the <laughs> Blu-ray. I was like, holy Moses, this is a thousand times better film under this. So I hope that all of you saw a decent copy of it because that is a huge game changer. The colors in this movie that it's yeah. filmed in really vivid technicolor and it's, it's so hyper-designed. Um, that now i I kind of got into its groove it, it not only the Italianness of it uh, uh but but the idea of what it was going for. It is you know a body count movie before there was such a thing in hyper hyper technicolor and um everyone in it is is beautiful or at least interesting looking. And uh, uh, even though there's not real depth to the characters, I was like, I'm watching the Italian Alfred Hitchcock here. I'm watching somebody who's making their vertigo. Um, and, and we just, we don't know it over here. Uh, so now I've become a big fan of it. I've seen it many times and I really appreciate nearly everything about it. I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about some things that are maybe flaws. Um, it's not really about the story. It's about set piece murders. Um, which is something I'm sure the public had never seen. This movie was not a hit. As a matter of fact, this was released nearly the same year or near to the other movie that is really the start of the giallo genre, which is The Girl Who Knew Too Much. I kind of had thought about recommending we watch that one, but it it turns out that's a little hard to find. The American cut of that evil eye is a lot more prevalent. Um, Evil eye is an equally good, interesting version, but it's more lighthearted. Whereas the girl who knew too much is a little more in line with the original sensibilities and like blood and black lace, but except it's a black and white movie, but the two combined together, you can stitch these two movies together. The murder set piece, garish color, everyone's on drugs, craziness of blood and black lace with the mystery. There's a girl from out of town trying to solve stuff of the girl who knew too much. And you have the Genesis of 300 other movies uh, that came about between 1980 and uh, 1960 and 1964 and 1980. So um, uh, I feel like this is worthy just for its place in the Canon. Uh, Even if the first viewing was, was rough. Or, or misunderstood, or uh, perhaps rightfully judged for being insensitive, um, then uh, I, I feel like it's it's like the it's just nice to see the work of a popular, uh, not a popular, but an interesting director who really knows his stuff. In the same way, future generations might look at Midsummer. The catch is, this movie was not a hit. He tried a few more uh, goes at the movies, and he never had the budget ever. To to accomplish what he wanted, and eventually he was making very high exploitation films like Four Times That Night and Hatchet for the Honeymoon and things like that. His but he kept this quality pretty good considering he got less and less money for each movie he made. And that is strictly because blood and black lace was a flop. It opened on some weekend where there was an Italian revolution and no one went to the theaters. It's like (laughs) opening, opening during the first week of the shutdown and COVID like just nobody went to the movie. It was a big flop. People are like, we're not going to back that guy again. He was able to eke out money for 10 more movies, but this is the only one where he really had a lot of dough. So, um, Anyway, that's my thought on it and why I recommended it. I do think it is the work of a director. It is a movie that's directed to the nines. Um, uh, And uh, we can talk further from here. I'm interested to hear Hassan's opinion because I know that he's not a uh, straight down the middle horror guy. Uh, And there may be several things in this movie, perhaps that he's like, I've seen this done better later or maybe even earlier. Uh, But I'm interested in your opinion, Hassan, on this one, because when when Steve picked this as the pairing, I'm like, but Hassan, he's going to kill me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I I hadn't seen this. I I had seen Kill Baby Kill before, Uh, but I have I had not seen uh, Blood and Black Lace. Obviously, I'd heard of it. Um, And it's funny. And and we had this conversation before with when it comes to the 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 films of this period and, and the giallo gialli uh the italian and see and and people always call this a horror film when i watch this movie it doesn't come across to me like a horror movie it comes across more like one of the what they refer to as the what is it the polizoteschi? ateski
0: yeah the police are very involved in this one which is sort of atypical of gialli um they right they they don't solve the crime they're not any good that's that is typical of (laughs) gialli but the fact that they have more screen time is is uh, sort of there too
1: yeah and i think um you know it, it is it is t- kind of typical fashion for these films uh so it wasn't a surprise i mean the film in watching it like you said the one thing i noticed about this and we'll, we'll get to the other one as well but i mean the one thing i noticed about this is it everything about these films looks very well put together. That's the one thing I've noticed about most Giallo films is regardless of who directed and who did them, all the Italian directors knew how to put scenery together. They knew how to set up shots and do everything so it looked like they were doing real movies. And it's like, I, I still can't figure out today how we have technology where it's at and and people and so many guys, smart inventive creative people doing low budget films that just look like low budget films like they don't i have to believe that the ability is there it's still there i mean like we've discussed last week with paper tigers they did a movie for a hundred thousand dollars that looks like a a a hollywood studio film so i know it can be done you know it's but it the, the one thing that stands out to me about both of these movies but you know this one is the fact, the fact that, you know, it just looks, just, there's a level of quality to it, you know, and real, I mean, it's the same thing, like if you go back to the Hammer films, is the exact same thing. When you watch the Hammer films, yeah, you notice, you know that like some of the sets of like whenever they do like big stone castle walls or outdoors and there's all these rocks around, yeah, it's painted styrofoam, you get it. But I mean, the fact of the matter is, is you're still in it and it feels legitimate. It doesn't feel like you're, you know, standing in some dudes like backyard, you know, it doesn't feel like that. Uh, I I liked You know, I I enjoyed this movie. You know, it's so funny. The American titles on so many of these Italian films are so different than the titles that we get. So this was, this was called blood and black lace here and how it's kind of known all over. But in in Italy, it's called six women for the murderer. (laughs) I mean, a little on the nose, but (laughs) these films are for, to me, they just seem to really more about the journey than the actual story themselves and like you said it feels more like a series of these these sort of like murder set pieces that are kind of linked together to tell the story and I I feel like in these movies you know in like most modern murder mysteries they'll give you clues along the way so you're working alongside the main character to try and figure it out at the same time and I feel like with with these kind of movies with these from this era and the, especially with the Italian stuff that they don't really give you any logical steps to solve the crime itself. It's like, you're just there to kind of tag along, see everything that happens. And then when they finally get to the reveal, you're like, Oh, okay. Like, I don't feel like they're you're like, like the, you're like, they want you to be part of the movie. Like you're there just as a spectator. Whereas I think in some more modern styles of, of the murder mystery, they want you to come along for the ride. And I feel like these, you're, they, they understand that you're sitting in a theater or in your couch somewhere, and that's fine. They don't necessarily need you to be part of the story and bring you in. And, you know, because I feel like they just throw like, you know, by 25 minutes, 30 minutes into this movie, we've had a couple of murders and we have probably 15 suspects. And you're just like, okay, it could be any one of the guys that's there. There's <laughs> yeah. a bunch of women still running around. Cause you know, and you, we've seen plenty of Italian films with women killers. So it's like, it could be anybody in this film, honestly, except probably the police detective, but you know, you're still like, maybe, maybe that's the twist, but yeah, I just, and then the other thing is too, is like, I, I, again, I feel like they give you the big reveal way too early. There's like 20 minutes of movie left after they, after you find out kind of who's been doing the killing and you're just like okay
0: i mean I, becomes I mean it comes about the the double cross as becomes yes, like the last yeah. act reveal
1: it's a double ending yeah i mean really it's a, it's a, it's, it. it's a they, they big load it <laughs> <laughs>
0: Both this and the other film are, are actually very short. They're only 90 minutes, as are most Baba films. They're they're usually pretty brief, uh, particularly compared to modern films. What's weird about it is they don't feel short. Uh, they actually kind of feel a little bit on the long side, particularly the first viewing of them, because the pacing is such. This one moves like lightning compared to some like The Whip and the Body or some other Baba movies. But uh, uh, there is pretty much a incredible murder set piece every 10 minutes because they've got enough people to work yeah. through <laughs> so
1: right exactly they got
0: they set a pace
1: they do they do and once they get rolling they they it, it moves pretty it moves pretty quickly um I watched the uh I actually we found a streaming copy of this of the restored uncut version uh so it was super clear super bright um so it was a really nice version I, I have I have legitimate feelings about this whole genre of filmmaking and i just i I feel like they're to me for me personally they're so hit and miss that i i don't i don't hold any of them i don't hold many of them the first bava film i ever saw and then not realizing it was a bava film or anything else but i saw this decades ago was whipping the body that was the first one of those i saw and i loved it i still love it i watched it i watched it. the guy showed it to deirdre probably three months ago and, uh, and I hadn't seen it in at least 20 years. And I still love that movie. I, I think that's a great film. And there's a few of them in his, in his catalog that jump out to me. I didn't feel like this one was one of those for me. Uh, like you said, it is beautiful. I, lo- I, I do like the fact that, one, you know, I think color makes such an important differentiation in the giallo genre, especially, I mean, for obvious reasons. And I, I, I do want to go back and watch some of those black and white ones, too, because I do want to kind of get a sense of of what they were doing without that ability to, you know, to kind of
2: build their story around.
1: But yeah. Hassan, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and let Hassan go first, Lay, and
2: uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, like, here's the thing. it I enjoyed the the aesthetics of the film have my own uh, opinions of the morality of the film in and of itself.
0: We should talk about that later. Yeah,
2: let's not. Let's not talk about that right now. However, uh, I had a copy of it, but it was in Italian, and there was no uh, there were no subtitles. Like, the subtitles did not work. My subtitles did not work. So I had to watch it, unfortunately, on Amazon. And Amazon described the movie thusly. Spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen (laughs) yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spoiler film, yeah. alert
1: for for the for the fifty five year old yes. film, fifty <laughs> seven year old film.
2: The owners of a modeling agency kill one of their girls. Uh, the only witness to a crime, uh, trying to make it look like a sex maniac. When one of her friends uh, finds the girl's diary, the criminals must continue to kill, and the situation becomes more and more complicated. Jesus Christ! So there man, was no fucking. Thing. So there was no mystery for me. I I knew exactly what the goddamn movie was about and <laughs> who was doing it and why it was happening. And so Aww. all I, and it wasn't, you know, like, you know how you see something and you realize you shouldn't be reading it halfway through reading it and it's too late. Like you've already, you've already digested too much information to go <laughs> backward.
0: We're going to have to bleep this part for the podcast for future generations then. <Beep> i hate that though when they do that yeah i hate it
2: yeah it's it's a it's very i mean like ironically it's a very pretty movie and it's very it's you know it's extremely stylized and i have seen those styles before but i mean it doesn't that never bothers me like if you do the style right if you do it uh if you if you uh if you do your art well i'm not going to care who you ripped off or who ripped you off you know as long as you know as long as i was able to get the uh, the immersion that I'm looking for when I'm trying to watch something. I I just, you know, like, after a while, the problem is because I'm not trying to figure the movie out because the movie revealed itself to me, all I have left is just how I feel about what I'm seeing. You know, I mean, we've we've gone over this uh, about, like, you know, just murder for the sake of murder and, like, you know, extravagant, you know, elaborate, you know, uh, violence towards women and that kind of thing. So, look, I'm not going to get on a soapbox about whether or not that should exist in and of itself. I don't think I have the right to, uh, to, to judge it, but because I was robbed of the ability to, to, you know, to intellectually watch the movie, to understand what what I'm seeing and trying to put the pieces together, you know, all I can say is this cop's not going to figure it out, (laughs) you know, and, uh, you know, so the only surprise was that, uh, you know, with another spoiler, the the woman wasn't dead at the end, and she came back in at the so that was like oh okay that's kind of cool, and then she died moments later after killing the guy. So um, it, it was, <laughs> I was like, all right. Um, so I don't mean to disappoint you. I don't really have a giant soapbox for it because the 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 visceralness of the of the you know of or the 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 meat of it the the heart of of the 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 intention of the movie of what was behind the movie it was kind of ruined. I don't know why they they would have done it like that because when I watched the movie I'm like, "Holy crap, that's the whole plot. That's like the, that's the whole yeah. thing. That's yeah, that's yeah. literally like the four main points." Yeah, and it's it, they just put it there in the so all you all you're left with now they, the other side of it is is really beautifully shot. It's very rudimentarily shot, and I don't mean that is to say it's it's a, it's cheaply shot. I mean, it's very um the stylization is very overt you know from you know backlighting to you know uh the you know the silhouetting characters sweet you know heavy heavy use of shadows i don't know why the girl got out of the cab has to wander through the woods for 10 minutes before she could get to the modeling agency you know like it's just, it's little things like that
1: and you just take me to the yeah door? exactly I, mean, I just
2: got out of a cab you know how far did she come that she had to take a hike after she got out of the cab i, I don't understand but that's fine <sighs> think i enjoyed the movie i will never know it's kind of this, it's the uh it's the the You'll never know. yeah it's the the usual <laughs> well you liked it you liked it visually, yes, Usual so, suspect I mean... syndrome where someone had ruined had told me who the you know who who kaiser yeah. soze was and so therefore i i'll never know if this movie worked or not because i've you know I've, i'm watching it after the fact
0: yeah. i didn't i don't know if i don't know if this helps but i i've seen the movie i would say in my lifetime seven or nine times over the course of 10 years. Yeah. Um, I can say that I know the ending, but I still enjoy it. Um, so there's the possibility there. I'm going to leave the door open. There's,
2: there's a preference of genre though. <laughs> there's, there's that, you know, like if you don't, if you don't like this genre, I wouldn't, I didn't find this movie particularly in, in insulting or uh, disturbing, but it's not my genre. So but at least there were no knives and vaginas.
0: That's true. Oh man, come on. Man. From our uh what have you done to Solange That's thing. Right. Now, just, just to let you know that since we're on we're on Solange, which you can listen to in episode 49 or whatever, <laughs> um, What Have You Done to Solange is purient in a lot of ways and, and uh button pushing, although it's you know a, a standard mystery thriller. Um, that is definitely a C grade Giallo movie, which I love because it was my guilty pleasure pick. Um, this blood and black lace is considered not just by me, but by, by, by many. Maybe maybe not us today, but yes, that's an A in the in the world of Jallo, Not only because it was a, a the genesis of it, it is considered to be one of. The most elaborate, most uh, you know, precedent-setting of of them all. So this one is reference "Girl Who Knew Too Much," uh, and and Dario Gento's "A Bird with a Crystal Plumage," and a, and a few other Carol Baker movies. Those are like considered the start of that subgenre. I can... So you're looking at. An A picture, whether whether you feel it compared to a Hollywood movie, that it's an A picture. And in the world of jalla this would be
2: yeah. no. As I said, I mean, I could see the art in it. You know, it's not one of the situations where I was completely blinded because of the the subject matter. I was completely blinded to the to the craftsmanship that went into the movie in and of itself. I, you know, it was it's a, like as I said, it's a it's a pretty movie. It's a, like I don't mean to uh, disparage it with like faint praise. It's a very it's a very beautiful movie. And I'll never know if the mystery would have worked on me or not. Uh, so now all I'm left with is the morality of like, you know, do we, like this is a movie, this is murder porn, you know, in that, in a sense. <laughs> and it was just, you know, like, I'm not going to get on a, on a it, 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 tonight's not the night for that kind of, you know, uh, discussion on the morality of whether or not these, it's not, that's not the purpose. So I enjoyed the experience. I, I kind of wish uh, the Amazon had effed uh, me over that badly <laughs> yeah. yeah that's terrible it's not like i will say like solange in defense of solange and in defense of the the movie you picked it was it was hard visual to digest moments after shivers which i had watched back to back you know so i think the two of them together made for a, a, you know a viscerally disturbing experience oh. in evening so you can't like if I, I think if I watch that first or if I watch that separately, it still rubs up against my my uh, delicate sensibilities. But <laughs> I'm I, it, it was more like I'm not watching another two hours of this stuff, you know, when, when in the beginning and the beginning of Absolutely. what have you done to Solange is not. It's not for the faint yeah. of heart, you know, it's a Ter- like,
0: terrible <laughs> double feature, like uh, not, not, not terrible two movies to choose, but terrible two movies back and yeah. back. And we, for can, someone who is not into, into
2: the part. genre, you know, that could have, that yes. could have been a, that could have been a Christmas for someone who is definitely into horror movies. <laughs> but it, it, for me, it's like, Oh, come on. So now, like I said, this is not on that level by any stretch of the imagination. And I, I have learned I know when I know when there's a Darren Knight coming up, so I I've learned to space things out so that I can you know so I can recover along for, you know quick enough so I can watch the next one. So yeah, you're not gonna that you're not gonna hear any uh, screamishness from me about the you know about the material in and of itself. Um, I did enjoy it, but I don't know if I would have if I would have loved it because of you know because of circumstances that were there are no one's fault except for Amazon's. Uh,
0: very good uh, insight. Very good explanation. I completely feel where you're coming from. I would. I'm just curious. Do you like Hitchcock movies? Yes, I do. Because uh, for the audience out there, um, Mava is sort of the Italian Hitchcock in this trade, except like more like Frenzy, less like North by Northwest. Right. Yes. Right. I agree. Oh, so he. You know, I, Frenzy is in some ways. Hitchcock trying to be like that. Um that kind of movie. Uh I'm not a giant fan of frenzy, but I do I do like the Italian versions of frenzy. <laughs> so I'm I'm a little bit of a uh you know <laughs> at odds with myself in this thing. Although frenzy's not a bad movie.
2: But you do have an affection for this genre, you know, and specifically. You know, like yes. and
0: I, I I can't say why, really. The- I can't uh, there's no psychological underpinnings here. Yeah, it's but so. it's like liking it's, it's like being
2: uh, a big fan of science fiction. And so there are certain signs, there's some better science fiction than other science fictions. And sure. you don't know, that, and, you, and you'll, you could see something that could, quote unquote, be considered schlock science fiction or cheap science fiction. But for some reason, it, it grabs you more than, say, The Martian, you know, same like Martian. a giant, you know, A-list movie or whatever. You don't know why, you know, it's just, it's just genre You know, and it it hits you in places that you don't even understand, you know, for whatever. But, I mean, it's all positive. So, it's not my genre. But, you know, I I probably, like I said, I probably would have seen the murders a lot less if I was busy trying to figure out what was going on. Yeah. And, therefore, like, I cannot condemn the movie as, like, because there's another, you know, two and a half hours of people getting killed and, you know. In, in elaborately terrible ways, you know, so it's, I can't do that. I'm pissed off, you know, like, uh, you know, yeah, about, that's yeah, because like, you know, i I read that and I thought maybe, okay, there's a third twist, right? I'll watch it and there'll be a third twist. And this thing only gave away, you know, but no, they gave away the whole damn movie. Yeah, that's, yeah. Cause like in, a, in, a, in, a, in, comparison, the IMDB
1: explanation of this film is a masked shadowy killer brutally murders the models
2: of a scandalous fashion house in Rome. That's yeah. it. That's bad. And now, you know, in, in, in keeping with things when you have the cop and you have the, the various suspects and the, you know, the, the police scene stuff like that, you, you could, I, you could definitely see getting lost in it. could have been any of these guys, you know, I can't wait to see what the movie does next, but yeah, I
0: knew what, I knew it was going yeah, you, you definitely got gypped. Yeah. A right little bit. There because... Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah, that's uh, the mystery. Uh, the mysteries are always fabrications, you know. They're just riffs on Agatha Christie plots, but um, <laughs> but they do add a slight level of intrigue that you would miss out on if you were re- if it was revealed. Uh, it's not. Um, it's when it is even revealed in the movie. It's not like oh, mouth drop, holy no, shit. It's more it's very like oh, okay,
2: yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did it. It is. <laughs> I can see that. Hey, how about that? We did it. You know, so, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, I enjoyed watching it. You know, um, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't give you any deeper insight than that. I enjoyed
0: it. And I, I, I appreciate that. And after we hear from Latham, we'll definitely talk a little bit about, you know, how the film's effects are on the psyche, particularly because the murders are fairly cruel and particularly towards right. women. But we'll talk about that after we hear Latham's uh, assessment of it as a movie, movie. Lay. Uh, Assess away.
3: (laughs) I I think Steve made uh, an important point about as you're watching it, the point of view of the person who's watching the movie, it just feels very voyeuristic. But in conflict with that is how stylistic it is. So you're a voyeur watching these awful killings but you're like watching them in an art gallery. So those two things kind of bump up against each other. And I find that more interesting than let's say negative or like, Oh, women are just being slaughtered. It's, it's a bad thing to see a movie where women just get, you know, knocked off left and right. So I didn't mind this that much. I wouldn't say I liked it, but you can see, I, it, to Darren's point, this guy is like an auteur. And w- where is this movie in his um, in his canon?
0: Well, is it- that's a good question. So Mario Bava started out as a cameraman, and you can he kind was of a cinematographer
1: him. first. Right. That's so obvious. he
0: he did um, dozens of movies. Yeah, know, he started in nineteen thirty nine. Yeah as a cinematographer. So this is the beginning of his director career, although he may have had two or three other non horror films before it, not just the girl who knew too much, but um, he did uh, uh, a lot of uh, Hercules movies and Italian, like um, just, just, you know, intrigue. Uh, later he, I think his Dr. Goldfoot and the girl bombs and stuff like that. So he's got a pretty wide swath. He was, you know, in some ways people might consider him a journeyman, but his eye was so, Unique that he became more of an auteur, more of a uh, you know, m- more of a, a name brand director than than a normal journeyman might. So yeah, so this is uh, the beginning of his director career, but far into his DP career.
3: Yeah, I'm looking now. He's this like his eighth film, something like that. One, two, yeah, more than that, tenth, tenth film or whatever he directed. So. Uh, obviously, with everything he had done before this he he knew how he wanted to light things, how he wanted the color. i I enjoy watching stuff with that kind of technical merit on its own. i mean it it has to be a really just nothing dull story for me to not be interested in something that's that has that much care taken on the technical end. you know i I, I basically agree with most of what you guys you know have said i I can see how Darren appreciates this movie a lot and how someone would it's you know it, i mean for the time it came out what was the year 1960 64 64 i mean that's it's pretty pretty visceral for a 64 movie oh, yeah and that's you know we don't i mean nothing i don't think anything in the u.s would compare uh in that respect in that at in that year right i mean we're we're still pre uh you know movie ratings and and you
1: know well yeah and you're you're before i mean the, the start of the the quote-unquote pre-launch of the of the slasher genre you're talking like 72 73
3: right so we're so you're, years before that yeah you're eight
1: years ahead of that
3: now would 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 someone be able to see this in the u.s or it would be a while before it was released in the u.s I'm just, Oh, that's a good question.
0: Of, I do believe it had a US release. It's right,
3: right. in front of me. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't uh-huh. see one. Uh, it was released in Italy, Germany, and France. You know, I can only imagine, you know, if you were a film fan and somehow you got to see this and you were just like, Holy crap, this guy is,
0: there are a lot of famous directors like Joe Dante or, uh, you know, uh, Spielberg and others who saw these films, you know, as they were art housed out through the U S. Sure. Black Sunday, Black Sabbath, uh, particularly, uh, and that you know made them fans of Bava as a guy. Maybe not every particular film like Bay of Blood or something, you know, because that might not have been their cup of tea. But, but as a as a guy, as a as a director, he was as as influential to, on them on the American scene as Anteleone uh was on on European cinema or that kind of thing.
3: Also, a uh, weird thing for me is. Sometimes I'll, you know, see a movie with people or actresses, actors that I never, you know, I don't know anyone in this movie that I'm watching. I thought I recognized someone from another film we had watched, but I wasn't
1: sure. I thought you might remember, uh, might recognize Cameron Mitchell, because he did a lot of U.S. film what later was he on. A
3: thing we watched recently? I'm I
1: trying to... don't know. He did. He was such a big character actor in the U.S. in the 70s and 80s.
0: Yeah. yeah I must have, he, must have
1: seen him in something.
3: Yeah. Oh, uh, he was in night train to terror. Right.
0: Yeah. He was, um, he, you know, he had a long career, uh, Cameron Mitchell, who, who plays one of the main people, although you don't know that for a while, he's sort of in the background of the first half. He was the guy who originated, um, uh, one of Willie Loman's sons in the Broadway version of death of a salesman. Okay. Uh, so that was his sort of his first big break. And uh, he moved to Italy to basically pay his alimony uh, on divorces, <laughs> and and did a hundred movies. He he actually is the one actor who did more than one, more m- the most movies with Bava. He, he did three or four with Bava, um, Knives of the Avenger, and uh, other uh, Hercules in the Haunted World. He he did a lot with them. They really enjoyed working together. And Cameron Mitchell was one of the guys who kept saying to American people. Yeah, I've worked with, you know, Elia Kazan and all these guys, but it's Bava who is the best director I've ever worked with as an actor. Wow. So he was, he was really championing him for a long time. You know, one other actor I should point to um, Dante DiPaolo, who's the first male you see, he's the drug addict in the very first scene. Uh, And then he's a suspect a red herring for a while. Dante DiPaolo married Rosemary Clooney and is George Clooney's uncle by marriage wow uh oh, was married huh. to rosemary clooney for for decades so um he's he's got a little name in hollywood for that not for acting but for for his relationship to george
1: i'm just i'm just looking here at cameron Mitchell 242 acting credits i mean this guy yes. were i mean and i think is is i remember him on like every tv series throughout the 70s at some point or another he was just a guy who showed up a lot you know it's like you he's one of those guys who that's what you knew him from
3: yeah you know Big time character actor,
1: yeah, big time.
3: Uh, so anyway, my original point was sometimes when you don't know anyone in the movie, you just take to someone either by their beauty or by their uh, charisma or whatever, and right. that helps you stay with the film a little bit. And I, you know, I'm sorry, but uh, Eva Bartok, wow, okay, yeah. I mean, just she just has stunning, yeah, she's she's gorgeous and that held me in a lot, you know, admittedly. So <laughs> the <laughs> film and, you know, I, I think, I think it's cool that, you know, there's so many different aspects to making a film and it, it's especially, well, I don't want to go into the next one we're talking about yet, but, but the casting is important in this kind of, in especially in these Jalo films and that seems right on to me. Uh with how he cast this film and, and, and that helps pull it off a little bit more, uh, just these little things. So, you know, I, I would say, I, I don't love this movie, but I admittedly, uh, liked it better than I thought I would. I thought I was just going to, you know, hand on my head. Here we go again. Darren's back on the show. And, that's, uh, <laughs> that, and, and he honestly, uh, it, it you know, for the films Darren's picked uh, it, you know, say for one, it, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of worth here and it almost makes me want to get into this genre. I just know I'm at the tip of an iceberg that I'm never going to be able to crack <laughs> if I go down that rabbit hole. So, um, well,
0: complete empathy for you. I was in this spot in 2000. 2000- six or whenever i first discovered it late to the party as i was i was like i don't know man and i think i talked about that in the previous podcast yeah you know even two or three films in even the classics like blood and black lace i was like i don't know man (laughs) it really was like at a there was a point of like no return i can't describe it i can't say why i mean some of it is the craftsmanship some of it is like when i discovered jazz at the age of 25 i was like there's a whole world here. There are hundreds of records by people I've never heard of that are brilliant and should be celebrated and listened to every occasion you can get. I was sort of that way with this, you know, I'm not European. So a lot of it seems sort of foreign to me, Uh, but it is a a European interpretation of American works. Uh, They are, you know, Hollywood is exporting things. They're ingesting them into their culture. They're pushing them back to you in a certain way and i was like okay i can see familiarity in here but at the same time it's a whole new universe it was nice
3: yeah it's i would call it more overwhelming but uh i mean you know it's good to see little pieces of this and like most films we have on the podcast i'm glad I, i'm glad i watched it like i can't admit that i loved it or liked it but you know there's there's worth here and uh it's 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 definitely, he. Uh, I like to use the word deliberate a lot. He's a very deliberate filmmaker. And that says a lot about his passion for what he's, for the art he's creating on screen.
0: Yeah. I was just, I'm sorry, Steve. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Darren. I was just going to ask the four uh, uh, you know, of us, maybe we should talk for a minute about what is considered the classic set piece here, which is when the woman is in, uh she's going to deliver drugs to her boyfriend. She's cut out of the fashion show and she's delivering drugs to the place he's staying which is an antique store at night. And uh the place is lit in all kinds of multicolors and she's going through this labyrinthian antique store where she then realizes the killer has followed her too. Um and it's a very long piece about 25 minutes into the movie. Um this scene with her um, is considered one of the greatest scenes of of Italian horror films hmm. uh and it you may be like well i don 't even remember this scene um which is fine you <laughs> could do that but um this this ten minute piece where she sort of pursued uh the music the tango music of it follows for the first half and then suddenly drops out, making it like a lot more sinister but I was curious if if that left any impression with you or if you picked up on on that set piece of that murder specifically being far and above all the other murders that might happen in the thing. It did.
1: Speaking personally from, from my own experience, it did not, it did not stand out necessarily without knowing, without like, you know, like just watching the movie, but I, that's me.
3: Yeah. I, 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 by you leading me, Darren, I can see what you, I can see what you mean by you telling me this. It's is it really that long? It doesn't feel like it's 10 minutes.
0: Um, I'm guessing. Oh, okay. But uh it's somewhere around it's somewhere around that zone.
3: I, I don't know. I guess I, I I guess I see them I see these set murder set pieces as all equivalent, if that makes I don't see that one as I agree with Steve. I don't see it as standing out more than the other ones. Is there a reason you do?
0: actually i this is the reason i'm asking i don't remember if when i first saw it on that dvd from amoeba if that set piece stood out to me it wasn't until later viewings and then after that even learning more about the movie that that was such a heralded scene and then sort of breaking it down like you would hitchcock's shower scene in psycho you're like wow that really is a very very well designed and executed and and ahead of its time, scene. I mean, even at the point like the woman um, struggles against the killer, yeah, and her top is ripped and her bra is exposed. That must have been huge in 1964 for scandal. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, and she she runs away, and um, you think you see her like in sort of a funhouse fright, and then you realize you're looking. The camera is pointing at a reflection of one of the antiques. Yeah, and it's sort of enveloping her in a weird way it's not even the it's a reflection it's not the camera you thought it was and she falls into it and knocks it over and you're like oh wow so um and then at the end the the there's a um suit of armor this starts to move towards her and you think oh the killer is the because you haven't seen him yet really is he in this suit of armor is this the killer's shadow as he moves forward but then you realize it's just she's accidentally knocked over a suit of armor that falls on top of her and the killer's right beside the suit of armor. (laughs) You know, there's lots of like little things that, 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 if you haven't, uh, you know, if you're on the fence about the film, this, that was one thing that sort of crossed over for me in Mario Bava territory where I'm like, this must've taken a while. They had to plan this in the same way John Carpenter planned the opening shot of Halloween or, um, uh Brian De Palmer planned the shot where in blowout where they spin around John Travolta and he realizes all his tapes have been erased. Like right. there is there is um there is a visual plan afoot for this 10 minute chunk. Um, how does that play out for the rest of the movie? And then I started to see other things where this is very designed, almost storyboarded, although I don't know if they did or not, where I'm like this this took care to make Rather simple, maybe slightly nefarious story, and turn it into a, mm-hmm. a visual smorgasbord. This must have been um, this must have been thought through in, in, in more ways than I considered the first viewing.
1: Right. Yeah, I uh, yeah I can't say that that scene for me personally, I, like I said, didn't really stand out to me. But um, you know, I think that there are there are interesting points to a number of the of the kill sequences in this movie i think the sequence where he kills the woman in her apartment and then takes the body out as the police are about to show up and then takes Mm -hmm. her and it's funny too because when when he takes her up like two two floors up and then opens a door and it almost looks like he's taking her out onto like a balcony and then you realize later on in the film that where, he end, where the killer ends up with her is in the basement of the manor because the stove is there that he was using to burn her hand. So it's like, oh, wait a second. You're like, how'd they get from... Nah, doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the geography might be a little fishy there. But yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> two, two things about that. That murder scene, though, uh, that actor deserved an Oscar for just being physically thrown around. That's not a double that is right. the actor. And I don't think, I mean, I just watched black widow and there's lots of fighting and clearly Scarlett Johansson should have died several, several times. But uh, <laughs> as I'm watching this, uh, uh, m- the murder of, of the, this woman, it is, I mean, it's just a physical feat. and I mean, this guy. Th- throws her against the cabinet and she falls down. I I feel that pain that she feels when later he's taking her to the stove, which I got to say, I often skip through when I watch it. It's, it's too hardcore for me to watch that scene. I don't think it's inappropriate in an artistic way. I don't, I don't, you know, but it's just, it's just hard for me to watch that because he's getting information out of her. She won't comply. So he, he, he pushes her face against this very hot stove and, and she's, a, a you know, a beautiful woman, which, uh, uh, and, and so far a very noble. She's not done anything to deserve this uh, compared to some of the other characters. Right. And uh, it's just very, very hard for me to watch that part. I, I, I often bypass that. That is um, uh, not necessarily a set piece. To me, that feels just a little, a little harsh so i always always <laughs> blow by that um i don't i don't uh, want to dismantle its artistry entirely because that performance right. is still amazing because she's not really being burned um but yeah that actor in particular um uh, who was apparently a cover model on several italian magazines um and and not really an actor but the physicality of that role i gotta sure. say there are a That's number amazing. of those, the, even, the,
1: even the first girl in, in that opening scene where he's like bouncing her, where he's smashing her against the tree.
0: Oh, that tree thing. Because like, you were like, because you didn't really know
1: what he was doing because it wasn't really clear because I'm like, well, does he have some, is he strangling her? Is he going to cut her throat? I'm like, wait to see like what he does, but she's still fighting the whole time, you know? And, and then it's like, and then you realize that he's sort of like smashing her into the tree and I'm like, Jesus Christ. I was just like, you know, like yeah. you said, with the physicality, it was like a different kind of, you know, I've seen enough of these that, you know, you expect the knife cut across the the throat or you expect something, you know, the quick cut to a shiny blade and then, you know, blood flowing. But I don't know, uh,
0: I don't know if you guys have seen Alfred Hitchcock's torn curtain, but there's a scene halfway through it where um, basically a KGB agent figures out Paul Newman's game and it says, well, I'm going to expose you now. I'll see you later. And he starts to leave this farmhouse and Paul Newman is forced to kill this guy. But it is a very long scene. He drags him back. He bangs him against the stove. He tries to smother him. And he realized in the course of this, and Hitchcock said, I want to see how hard it is to really kill somebody. Most people (laughs) see it in movies. They strangle them. They're dead. But in real life, it is very hard to kill somebody they will recover they'll stand up they'll fight you but with blood and black lace i think that is one of the few movies i've seen where the actual fight choreography because i hope it was choreographed um, <laughs> eh, just shake her do, around a bit <laughs> yeah <laughs> they do feel like they are re- they are really fighting against being murdered which yes. is unusual because usually they're like lambs to the slaughter. They are on Friday the 13th movies and other things they might scream oh, or they oh. might run away, but these women fight back yeah. in a significant way. And I, I don't think, I can't think of any movie, uh, particularly of that time, the sixties, where the women are pretty kick-ass. Now they, they ultimately fail, uh, in many cases, uh, man, that physicality is just, uh, a, a laudable, uh, Trait And the, the fact that they didn't pull back from that in 1964 is pretty amazing because it shows these murders are not cool. These are brutal and yes. you should not do this. Um, <laughs> they are not exploitive in that way. It basically shows look how hard it is to get away with this and the murder of it, because these are human beings and they deserve better than what yeah. you're putting them through. I had a play in 2014 called desperate dolls in Chicago And it did really well, but a lot of the reviews were like, did anyone get hurt? I know it is all choreographed. Um, There was a woman every night that was uh, Alex Fisher, amazing actor, picked up by her neck by the villain and thrown. It looks like she broke her neck every night, Uh and it was practiced (laughs) and staged. So um, I know that I I can't say for Alex if she came through unbruised, particularly in rehearsal, but um, (laughs) in performance, she did not break her neck. So. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> thank goodness
0: <laughs> there's a science to this fight choreography yes. and i hope they applied that in blood and black lives i know the italian film industry was a little more from the hip but i i hope no one was hurt
1: no 100 and i 100 i mean i listen i did a uh I, a friend of ours did a, a web series called haywire and i acted in uh two or three episodes of it uh and in the very first uh the very first episode uh a woman hits me uh in the head with an iron and down a flight of stairs into a basement like stairwell and i did the stunt myself i offered to do the stunt myself we figured out a way to basically create a landing pad on the landing on the stairwell and we got really lucky the first the first take out where with the swing of the iron and my reaction to it and it came off and i and i literally threw myself down the set of stairs into this into this this mattress that we had kind of doubled up and and used as a landing pad. And uh, when I watch it today, I mean, you can watch these episodes on YouTube and when I watch it today, even still, I still think it looks great. I mean, it looks amazing. It looks like I got hit in the head with an iron and sent down. I mean, my feet come up in the air as high as the doorknob on the door. Like I'm like in the air and gone. Wow. It's uh, and it's just, it's one of those things that when you do when it's done Right. It can be very effective, you know,
0: and when it's done bad, it's Twilight Zone the movie? Yeah, <laughs> oh, <So why not? laughs> yeah, that's, uh,
3: that's probably the uh, best example of it not working right,
0: yeah, or uh, uh, the crow, <laughs> yeah,
3: uh, yeah, either of those. Um, uh, but
1: uh, two yeah. dark roads we're not going to travel down tonight, so and <laughs> from there. <laughs> That is blood and black lace. <laughs> what do you want to say, Leigh? Uh,
3: it's probably better that you cut off the recording. Oh,
1: <laughs> all right. Um, so, uh, looking over Mario Bava's... Uh, well, we uh, just
2: saw two of them, you know? We, we did just see yeah, two of just, them. Just, but I'm
1: guessing that's probably the only two Bava films you both have seen.
2: Absolutely. Uh, do you guys correct. Do you guys-
0: Want a little tour through my uh, Blu ray collection here? I can quickly tell you of all the things, h- how they play out. If you want to go deeper on the Boba well,
3: what's your favorite film of his?
0: Well, uh, it, you know, it is, I think, his best. Complicated
2: films. question. It's right. complicated.
0: <laughs> Answer the question, Darren. <laughs> okay. His best favorite film was... or best? <laughs> John, yeah, it, there's it, a maybe... difference there. His best film. Is blood and black lace the one I've w- watched the most? Is called Five Dolls for an August Moon, and it is ridiculous. It is really just <laughs> I, all I got to say is the the music is written by the guy who wrote Manamana. Um, so what? Um, wow, no. Yes, it's a full <laughs> score. It's a brilliant score. I'm finding this tomorrow.
2: <laughs>
0: yes, $5 for an August moon. It's, it's, it's basically um, 10 wow. little Indians set on an island. Uh, but it's, it's fairly gentle, actually. Uh, and, but it is, it's so 60s. And it's, it's so, I don't know how to describe it. I also really like Planet of the Vampires. You are
1: a true glutton.
0: Oh yeah. That is um it's not a perfect <laughs> film, but it basically is the foundational aspect of Alien. Definitely a B slash C slash D picture, but made for a nickel and and works. Um I find Whip in the Body to be a a a, a little um um thin. It's it's actually pretty good and there's some great performances in it and if you like Kill Baby Kill, a lot of the lighting and stuff is the same. I was going
1: to say the other thing that makes it more accessible is the fact that Christopher Lee's in it.
0: Christopher Lee is very good. A young uh, bad sadomasochist guy. Um, Hatchet for the Honeymoon. I definitely dissuade anybody from seeing this one. This one is
2: (laughs) dissuade.
0: Yeah, it's
3: got to see that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's um, it's, don't worry. Hatchet for the Honeymoon. It's not, not even mixed. minting the words. Yeah.
2: Hmm, what's um, this
3: about? Uh, you're an idiot if you can't figure yeah. it out. Okay.
2: My favorite is stab carnival. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> Love it. That well, that's, been- that's like
1: the guy who did uh, uh, Blue Ruin and uh, in the green room, <laughs> and he did uh, his friend, his buddy did that movie Murder Party.
2: <laughs> Murder Party. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And yeah. Murder Party is great. That's your fault if you watch that without expecting, without knowing what you're about to get into, right? You watch yes. Murder Party on your own. You made that decision.
0: Um, there's Bay of Blood, which is one of Bava's most famous films. Yeah. And the reason it's famous is it is Friday the 13th, 15 years before Friday the 13th, or 10 years before Friday yeah. the 13th. Yeah, oh, nice. okay. Um, it is... Um, uh, oh. It's good. I I the title, Bay of Blood, is worth yeah, it. That's it's not a bad one. Known. Um, there's Lisa and the Devil, uh, which was Telly Sivallis, baby. the House of Exorcism. has that one? Telly um, Oh yeah, Telly Sivallis. Isn't Bay so, of
1: Blood? Is that the one that's Twitch of the Death Nerve?
0: Twitch of the Death Nerve is oh, the Twitch alternate the title. Twitch of Death Nerve.
2: Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Lisa
0: and the Devil, this is interesting because Lisa and the Devil is sort of like Kill Baby Kill, and it's it's decent. It's I wouldn't say it's amazing, but it's decent. But it was right after Exorcist came out. They shot a bunch of additional footage and it became the House of Exorcism. And that movie is shit.
1: That's hysterical.
0: So it's it's funny. Um, Then there's, uh, of course, similarly, there's Evil Eye, which is also the girl who knew too much. Both are great. Evil Eye is the American version. So it's got a lot of American jokes and it's sort of like an episode of Bewitched with people being killed um and <laughs> the girl who knew too much though is a very solid very entertaining film a little harder to find but this blu-ray happened to have both versions on it oh nice um, nice there's uh Baron blood which has some amazing practical makeup it's right a joseph cotton thing but i gotta say the effects are like fulci they're really oogie and weird and it's yeah. again set at a castle but not a great story there's really only two or three scenes that i love um i don't put it on that much but there's barren blood um he also did a lot of sexploitation so four times that night is actually like rashomon where you see a rape from four different angles and you realize it wasn't a rape it was everybody's misunderstood it um but I, i actually have to say that for sexploitation this is quite clever So four times that night um, is good. And then, of course, my uh, all-time favorite, uh, Five Dolls for an August Moon. There you go. There you go. Uh,
1: I I found a quote from him, Darren. It says, the House of Exorcism is not my film, even though it bears my name. It is like a situation whereby a cuckolded man is found to have a son that is not his, but has his name. But there is nothing he can do about it.
0: (laughs) Complicated. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or this one people and critics too should know that the circumstances under which I had to shoot my films on planet of the vampires. I had nothing. Literally, there was only an empty soundstage really squalid because we had no money and this had to look like an alien planet. What do I do? I took a couple of paper mache rocks from the nearby studio, probably leftovers from some sword and sandal movie, and I put them in the middle of the set and covered the ground with smoke and dry ice and darkened the background. Then I shifted those two rocks here and there, and that's the way I shot
0: the whole film. <laughs>
1: oh my God.
0: I got to say, you know, his movies never feel like they ran out of money or they have nothing. But he is literally the Kevin Smith of Italian horror, where he's just (laughs) like, fuck it. I don't know. I don't have anything (laughs) here. But he's such a good cameraman that he can pull most most things off.
1: This is another really funny one. I watched Black Sunday again five years ago because an American production company asked me to shoot a color remake of it. I refused because my son and I split our sides with laughter while watching it. (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> oh, i just think it's so funny now we go to make a movie and when we finish we'll all have so much to be ashamed
0: of <laughs> oh my <laughs> god he's one of those guys that if if somebody had believed in him or made money off of him he would have been enormous he shot films in hollywood he came to hollywood he was yeah he would have been the Gaspar Noe or, or somebody of, of this time he would have been uh uh well-regarded critically and commercially but he just never got a break really as a director and yet he got just enough to make the next thing um that had to be frustrating as hell for oh him. i'm sure <laughs> yeah
1: This is a a great one. This is is the last one I'll do. But I think of myself as one who manages to get along. I don't care about being successful. I just want to go on and on. My father used to tell me this, and he was in the movie since 1906. I'll never be another Michelangelo Antonioni. I love to improvise, to solve problems, and to create new scenes out of emergency. In my opinion, a good director shouldn't do this. He should stick to the original script and schedule. (laughs) (laughs) My God it's funny that he just called himself as the guy who likes to make movies this way even though he understands that they probably shouldn't be
0: <laughs> but that's and great by all, by all accounts a nice uh, nice gentleman very regal uh, has a son L- Lamberto Bava who yep. made Demons and Demons 2 and you betcha. a bunch of other stuff he's um, you know he, he was apparently a very nice loving guy who just loved film and knew a lot about the craft, particularly as a cinematographer. And uh, apparently, an accomplished painter
1: as well. Yeah. He, used to, he used to do his own matte and glass paintings for his films.
0: Yes, his films have several. Uh, who's, the, who's the guy who's a very famous matte painter who did the thing um, and stuff like that? Uh, is uh, that Harrison uh, Ellenshaw? No, but that's a good guess. Um, he uh, stars in High Anxiety as the rich millionaire uh, Albert Whitlock. Yeah, oh, so Albert.
1: Yes, Albert Whitlock. Albert.
0: Albert, he is like as good as Albert Whitlock, but he had to do it himself, like in 30 minutes before they set up the show. So,
1: he was like Albert Whitlock and um, what's his face, uh, happy little trees <laughs> at the same time. He's got to do a whole background scene. <laughs> Just put some happy yeah. little trees in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Bob. Uh... Bob Ross. There Bob Ross.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit oh my goodness uh all right darren thanks a lot
0: thanks have a great night everybody enjoy you See too you sir we'll talk darren. soon thank by you by the way
1: love the english patient poster behind you
0: oh yeah you know i could zoom up here it's a loft there's 12 monkeys and solaris there too
1: oh nice holy whoa, crap whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs>
0: and uh desperate dolls from, from hey
1: darren the- you know what you should pick next time yeah
3: please pick- <laughs> why don't you pair solaris with stalker and make sure you bring a seal. Okay. Well, this to, <laughs> to be fair, shield. this is the uh, remake. <laughs> or you could pick Solaris and Solaris. <laughs> Which Solaris is it? I can't tell.
0: This is the uh, American Solaris.
3: Oh wow! Okay. The
0: only reason the only reason I got this, I don't know. Here, maybe maybe I can raise this up without disconnecting. You can see it here. The poster is in reverse. Uh, first of all, I love that it's a science fiction film. That it's really a love story. So the poster is two people kissing, which yes. I think is amazing. Second of all, all the text is in is backwards. And I asked because on the flip side, it's 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 uh, normal. Yes, I asked, what's the deal with the backwards thing? And they said they would hang this in the restroom. And so you'd look in the mirror while you washed your hands. No, that's not why. And the text would be there. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to frame it with the reverse text. What's the real reason? No,
1: you want to know the real reason? Oh yeah. They started making these posters 10 15 years ago, and what they have is it's the same image printed on both sides, like you said, but it's reversed on the apps on the back side. And what it is, it's designed for the movie poster frames outside of movie theaters, they are backlit. Oh, and so the light shines through the image. That is why it's printed both ways like that. It's not that's that's not why it's done, that's printed that way so that light will shine through and show the image, and it's lit up from behind.
2: Very without cool. you seeing the, the degradation of the paper or you because if they
1: print it the same way if they print it the right way on both sides everything would all cross over itself so it's essentially that's like a giant transparency
0: that makes perfect sense to me and but i i framed it with the reverse because that's kind of funny so there you go and i have also <laughs> a, a david bowie low poster uh, oh nice uh, up there
3: so oh wow that's awesome
0: That is some high ceilings, man.
3: Holy crap. Yes, I I
0: live in a a loft. Uh, (laughs) Up there is my recording studio. You can't see it. And then my daughter is there. My son just recently moved out. And then our master bedroom is over there. And our balcony is over there. Why is that
3: little girl, blonde girl, peeking out from behind the bar over there? Yeah. He spins that back around, and we just see like
1: a shape standing
3: there looking at like, him. Yeah. <laughs> Announcing a
0: ball. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I will tell you this about the, the American Solaris, Darren, that, that soundtrack is the film soundtrack that I have listened to more than any other film soundtrack.
0: That, uh, that Cliff Martinez score is oh, one of my top 10. That's an amazing I score. I
1: love that score.
0: I wish the movie lived up to that score.
1: Uh the original. Oh. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm still well, I, I'm a big fan of the original, but it did take several viewings. Um, before, <laughs> wow. I, I made it that before I Before I browbeat myself kidney into shows.
3: liking
0: it. Some art doesn't take right away. It's like uh you know, it's like I, when I you agree. meet it's like when you meet a person. Sometimes you're like, that guy's a fucking dick, and then later they're your best friend. You never know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, his son knows all about that. <laughs> yeah, except the reverse, he liked you right away, and then it's like, oh no, he's a dick. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah, see, now I'm getting, getting black, black-hatted, black-thumbed.
1: No, I know I exactly think. what you mean because I felt the exact same way the first time I watched Blade Runner 2049. I saw it the first time, and I was just like, huh. And then I, once I saw it two or three more times, I realized how amazing it is. So. <laughs>
0: Uh, some sometimes the uh, you have to come to the art. The art it takes some
1: some real this it some real is. saturation. Uh...
0: But but on that front, uh, anybody who disses the Russian Solaris and says that's not for me, that's cool. I totally get it because it is an investment. <laughs> <All> <laughs> yeah. right. To anyone see, who doesn't yeah. like it, I say,
2: what's it like to be wrong? <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, well, I'll see you at the, uh, the uh, party meeting later with the Communist Party where we talk about Solaris.
1: <laughs> right on, see brother. Better. See you, Darren. Bye. Bye. Have a good night, Darren. Good night, Darren. <laughs> Thanks to Fesley and Music. Please check out our website at sentimentalpod.com for all of our previous episodes. And don't forget to download and subscribe to Sinimental wherever you enjoy our podcasts. You can always listen to new episodes at com. Also, you can follow us on all major social media accounts at sentimental pod for us on godwin latham conger the third darren callahan and myself we say thank you so much for listening and as always in the words of our friend and murder party captain truman burbank
0: good afternoon good evening and good night
2: murder party captain
1: murder party captain
2: (laughs) i want to be a murder party captain now (laughs) i don't know where i have to sign up but i'm gonna find a way (laughs) that's what tomorrow's all about fellas (laughs) Gonna figure out how to be a murder party captain.